Hi, I'm Rachel Monteleone and welcome to Kittypedia, the podcast. I'm not an expert. However, I do speak with them with the view of providing you with expert information and advice to help you be the best parent that you can be. Together, let's give children the life they deserve and a positive future. Hello and welcome. Well, newborn babies are everything that we epitomize with perfection, an impeccably sublime, exquisite blessing symbol of hope and faultlessness. Now, every newborn parent at one time or another, I'm sure, has held their newborn and realized how delicate and fragile they actually are. Now, depending how sleep deprived you are, most parents, of course, are eager to build their bond with their newborn and to find out more about their personality and are eager to engage in play. But how can we play with something so feeble and vulnerable as a newborn? Well, our special guest today, Belinda Joyce, is here to tell us how. A little bit about our guest, Belinda is a midwife, maternal and child health nurse with over 20 years experience. She's also a mother of four and author of Survive and Enjoy Your Baby. Now, her passion is in providing safe, evidence-based advice and options to parents so they can find their own path to parenthood. And today, Belinda is going to share her expert ways how you can play with your newborn baby. Welcome back. How are you? Well, thanks, Rach. Now, you know, watching a newborn baby uh, achieve uh, new milestones is incredibly exciting and reassuring for parents um, as they progress each new experience. And, you know, the baby, of course, strengthens neural pathways in their brain. I just wanted to ask you initially, is it true that uh, a large portion of babies' early brain development is dependent on the activity that they actually learn through play? Absolutely. And that's why play is such an important thing. And and it needs to start from birth. Yep. And of course, from birth, now moving from the confinement of the, the womb into the outside world, no doubt, you know, it can take their bodies and their muscles some time to and getting used to. Um, so in your opinion, what would be some of the, I guess, the first intentional play movements a baby uh, or a parent, sorry, would see their baby engage with? Would it be something, for example, like their ability to turn their head on purpose or would it be something else? I think it's really probably just eye contact because we know that interaction with the parent um, is probably considered sort of early communication and first play. So for a newborn baby, their parents' face, particularly their mother, uh, is their favourite toy. Um, You don't need to spend any money. You don't have to go out to the shops to buy it. And they've done a lot of research which actually looks at what babies really want to look at and a face is their favourite thing, even if it's just drawn on a piece of paper Um, a really simple face and if the face is smiling they like it even more Mm -hmm. all right and I just wanted to just establish very very quickly too about movement in those very early stages with the newborn um, and how important that is Um, and I just wanted to establish what is flat head syndrome and is there any way of preventing that and just trying to encourage movement and interaction as you were just mentioning Sure. So babies who develop a flat head, that's actually 
called a plagio carefully in most cases, depends where the flatness is on the head. Um, and it is really common, I guess, since we've been sleeping our babies on their back um, because it's the safest way to sleep your baby and you absolutely should do that. But when they're not sleeping, it's really important that they have um, the ability to move around and have pressure put on different parts of their head. So having some time, um, you know, even when we're carrying a baby, often they're in our arms and the pressure again is on the back of their head. So looking at different ways to carry your baby over your arm, making sure that they have tummy time. Um, tummy time has uh, an a huge amount of benefits, but one of them is that it's getting the pressure off the back of the baby's head, yep. um, but they're also developing that strength through their neck um, and shoulders to be able to sort of lift up and, and gain that head and neck control. Yep. Um, but, yes, uh, any flatness on the head, it's really important to notice if that's developing or if they've got a preference to always, uh, when you lay them down, to always turn their head one way, just trying to really gently turn it the other way if it goes easily. If it doesn't, talk to your child health nurse or your GP. Um, and in some cases, a paediatric physio is the most important um, mm -hmm. person to see, Perfect. which we can refer you on to. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's lots to cover um, on this topic today, but I just wanted to acknowledge, of course, that we published your article and the title is How to Play with Your Newborn Baby. Now, for someone who hasn't read the article yet, can you please tell us what it's about and, of course, what inspired you to write it? Yeah, I think so often it's hard to think of how you could play with a newborn baby and uh, unless you've been around babies a lot, um, I think many parents think that you can't really play with them, that they sleep a lot and they do. Um, but it, I guess just highlighting the importance of getting in there and playing with them and gradually uh, looking at the different ways you can do that. So bringing in some toys, um, not that your newborn would be able to hold them and, and do anything with them to start with, but they certainly enhance that play and can make noises and all sorts of things like that. Um, but really just to say, play with your baby and enjoy them. Cool. Now, the question, of course, is how do we play with the tiny newborn baby? Yeah. So moving on from that, just talking with them. But every time you're changing their nappy, um, particularly if they're on a change table in front of you, they've got that perfect distance that they can see your face. And so just being animated and talking to them, smiling with them, um, Babies love it if you sing to them. Even if you don't like your own voice at all, your baby will love your voice. So singing some songs, um, it can be anything really, but nursery rhymes have a really great rhythm that babies enjoy. Um, and if you think, I can't really remember any, put on a children's program on the TV or have a look on online um, and you'll probably find the words and actions and things just start flowing back. So talking is an early form of play, which totally makes sense as play, I guess, in its basic form is really engaging attention towards something or someone else. So, you know, why is hearing your voice in particular so important for a newborn baby? Is it the fact that as a mother that they would have naturally heard it in, in, in the womb and it's that feeling of comfort for the baby? Yes, absolutely. So they already know their mother's voice mm -hmm. um, and often their father or partner's 
voice. They've heard those through the latter parts of the pregnancy. So they do recognise it. They will often turn their head to look for you if you talk to them. Um, and they're more likely to do that with a voice that they know. And it is reassuring um, because it's familiar. Yes. Now, I wanted to just um, just ask a question about the engagement with a newborn baby. At what age do babies start to smile and show a positive response uh, to, to yes. the engagement that you have with them? Most, most babies are smiling really well by six weeks of age, so really getting good eye contact with their parent or carer or, or family and friends, um, especially if you're quite animated and, and really um, smiling lots and telling mm -hmm. them a funny story or something like that, that's often when you'll get those first smiles. Yes. Um, they don't always go to their parents, unfortunately. It could be a friend who comes in and just starts chatting with them and they get, you know, excited and give you that big, big, huge smile. But it is a real milestone that most parents love because it feels like, I think it feels like they're being almost rewarded for all the yes. work that they're doing. It's like a payback yeah. um, and it does feel very special. You're getting a return on your energy a little bit in the sense yes. that, okay, <laughs> it's actually understanding. So mm -hmm. talking about visual play, how can visual play in simple, I guess, sensory input for babies help with their development then? Well, they start to learn, um, you know, some spatial awareness. They start to learn where they are in relation to, to everyone around them. Um, they start following, so actually watching, you know, a toy going past or it might just be you walking across the room and they might be lying on the floor and they sort of start tracking. That Those sorts of things are really important. I, I understand is that from as young as I think three months um, of age that bubbles are a great way to help with babies develop things like cognitive, physical, um, and also their vocab development. But it also helps strengthen their eye muscles and visual tracking, which mm. of course, um, you know, helps develop focus and concentration. So I just wanted to ask on that, is vis visual tracking a skill that babies are actually born with, or is it something that we have to help um, them develop and it's something that is learnt. It is a learnt skill, but okay. again, you don't have to be terribly structured in your, you don't have to have read a book on it or do any special research to know how That's to do to it. <laughs> uh, in most, yeah, it is, takes, takes all the pressure off. In most cases, babies will learn that just by watching things around them. But of course, things like bubble play um, will help develop that because they're going to look around and follow the bubbles. And it, again, it's it's like a toy that enhances that interaction and that um, ability for your baby to practice those skills because yeah. most of what they're learning and, and going to, to be able to gain in skills only happens with practice. So bubbles, I guess can also help with spatial awareness if, if we think about it logically because their sense of direction and just seeing their environment around them, um, which is really great for movement in the early stages. Um, of course, as they sort of watch the bubbles float through the air um, and, you know, as we know, babies have such an inquisitive nature to everything. So I just wanted to ask, do you think that as babies watch the bubbles float through the air, that it can help them develop their muscle tone and development also? Yes, yes, because they're going to turn their, their head to start with, but yep. as they get stronger, 
um, perhaps if they were laying on the floor on, on their back and watching the bubbles, they're going to actually maybe roll over. It depends on their age and what they're physically able to do, but it's going to uh, almost sort of tease them into looking around and getting into different positions so that they can keep watching the bubbles. Yes. And I guess this, this would be pertinent as they start to crawl. I'm guessing chasing bubbles can be a really great form of gentle exercise. So do you think that activities such as trying to reach out and catch bubbles um, as they've, they're, they're developed and starting to crawl also um, can help with progressing, let's say, their hand-eye-foot coordination, even their gross motor skills, um, but largely that these types of things can help develop things like self-confidence later on in life because that's going to help their muscle development um, with activities such as walking and running, jumping, climbing Mm -hmm. and all of those types of things as well. Bubbles can help with all of those things and lots of other toys too just placed out of reach and, you know, held by a parent and for the baby to sort of come towards them. Yeah. But also a baby's likely to try and crawl towards you um, as well because, like we've said, you're their favourite toy, um, the parent, so they're really, really likely to try and come towards you. And so getting right down on the floor and actually Um, you know, motioning and calling for them and telling them how clever they are and the same when they're starting to to walk as well. That will often work quite well as well. So you can use the the bubbles and the toys and just yourself um, to help with that. But, yes, if they're practising all of those skills and their body's getting stronger, um, all of that will flow on to later, you know, more optimised development, I guess, and um, and in turn confidence. As well. Now, earlier you mentioned tummy time, so I just wanted to expand on that now. And why is tummy time so important? When we've got these babies who, you know, we sleep them on their back and most of the time when they're in, their, uh, in our arms, they're on their back, and when we change their nappies, they're on their back, they often don't really know that the rest of their body exists so it's really important um, from that aspect to pop them on their tummy and give them a chance to spend some time in a different position to build up that strength in the back and and neck and shoulders so that they can push up you know by eight weeks babies that have enjoyed tummy time will be able to lift their chin up off the you know if they're on the floor they'll be able to lift their chin up off the floor and keep it up for a little while and turn their head and look around Um, But if they haven't practised it, they won't be good at that. Um, So the other thing with tummy time is starting it right from birth. And at birth, it might just be on your chest. Um, If you're laying down and they're on your chest, um, it might be after you've changed their nappy on the nappy change table, just while they're supervised really close with your hands on them, um, because at some point they will roll. So tummy time, you know, the safest place is definitely on the floor. Uh, But Getting that practice in and and getting, um, I guess, strong early on means that they'll most likely continue to enjoy tummy time. But those babies that don't have much tummy time to start with, their heads grow quite quickly and become quite heavy. So if they haven't had tummy time for a few weeks and then you start doing tummy time, they might dislike it. They might think it's not that much fun because they can't lift their head up and they can't turn it and they feel a little bit stuck. And we'd prefer babies to enjoy tummy time so that it's enjoyable, it's easy, it's fun, and they'll learn those skills. So I guess kind of 
um, trying to find a way to give those babies that dislike tummy time um, a chance to practice those skills is by sort of laying them over your arm on their tummy, um, popping them on your chest when you're lying down, doing things like, um, you know, laying down on the floor right next to them, putting really interesting toys in front of them that have mirrors on them and things things that will really distract them from the fact that they're doing something they don't really enjoy to try and get that time in of practice. Mm-hmm. So on that, why is it so important to start tummy time as early as possible? As you mentioned, their their heads grow quite quickly in the weight. So no doubt that if if they haven't strengthened the muscles, it's going to be, I'm guessing, even harder for their muscles to to strengthen if they haven't sort of had tummy time um, yeah. an early age. Is is that why? Is that why we need to that's, that's the main reason, I think, because mm. it means that they're able to use their body and work their body. Um, you know, in, in the past, babies wouldn't have always been on their backs all the time. They would have had a chance to try different positions. And babies don't need to be in our arms all the time. It's mm. important that they have some time just to use their bodies. So laying yeah. on their back, laying on their tummy, even some time on their side, um, at supervised playtime, not when they're going to bed. When they're in their cot, they should be on their back always. Um, but it's really important for them to feel their their own little body. Yes, and the movement. So is it right mm-hmm. that even short bursts of tummy time um, for up to a minute can help? So um, it's more so that even if a baby dislikes tummy time, it's, it's more the frequency of just... Um, of them sort of having the opportunity to, to build the strength um, in their muscles, would you say? Yes, I often say to parents, even if they just try and aim for a short period every time the baby's awake during the day, not a, not overnight, um, to give them a chance on their tummy. And if it's only a minute, then that's fine. And if it's 10 minutes and they're enjoying it, you might go longer. Um, you'll get to know your baby and what they can tolerate and what they're enjoying as well. Mm-hmm. So, as you just mentioned, it's really great for us to just to remember that there's other positions that you can lay them on their side, and that equally is going to help develop other um, sort of muscle groups and that sort of stuff as well. But I mean, how does lying on their back actually help? And you know, should we sort of, in that instance, sort of elevate their head or not? Um, no, just just having them flat on their back is the probably the best um, mm-hmm. position to be in, and you know. babies like being laid underneath a play gym or something of interest Um, and when they're on their back and not being held and they're not wrapped up to sleep they can stretch all their limbs out they can eventually they'll find their feet Um, you know they can look at their hands they often look at their fingers with amazement like what is this this is amazing Um, because they're learning about their own body and to start with I'm sure they don't even know that it's their own body, but it's another fun play thing. Um, It's just that opportunity to use their body um, without being confined Mm -hmm. in wraps or parents' arms. And I guess it's about also that interaction that you have with a baby and how you're comfortable holding them as well, feeling those different sort of positions seated or what have you. I guess this could be good. For example, if you bend your knees seated and they lay against your thighs facing you, which is really great to encourage face-to-face interaction. So it's about finding how you're comfortable holding your baby as well, would you say? Yes, yeah, and 
trying different holds, especially as your baby gets a little bit older and they develop yeah. better neck and head control, um, trying different positions and um, seeing what you you feel confident, how well. you feel confident holding them. Yeah. Now, I just wanted to ask, um, and I, I've got a gut feeling what your answer is going to be for this one, but what's your opinion on baby swings or baby bounces? Um, I know that there's been a lot in um, the media in the last few years um, about them. I'm not going to preempt what your answer is going to be, but over to you. Um, what's what's your opinion? The media does sort of go around and around on this, but uh, look, babies really do enjoy things like the bounces and swings. Mm-hmm. We don't want babies that are too young put in any of those devices and we always have to remember that anything that allows the baby to get into a position or to do something like weight bearing on their legs before they're really ready, we don't want them to do it for very long. So um, I think the stories that you hear are usually from when these sorts of devices are, are overused and I can see why they get overused when the babies enjoy them so much but it's not great for them to be, you know, hanging in, say, a a jumper um, for long periods of time. So I often say hold those kind of devices for times where you've got to make dinner or there's there's a job you need to do hands-free and you know your baby will love it. Always supervised and maybe just for 10 minutes at a time, not for long periods. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, talking about some toy options, uh, what are your recommendations in the article you list? You've got a fantastic list of some toy options. So I'd love to hear um, from yourself what, what your suggestions are. My favourite all-time toy for all age groups are books. Uh, and many people wouldn't think of using books with a newborn baby, but young babies still enjoy books. We like, um, well, research has shown that they really like high contrast sort of books so black and white you know zigzags and spots and just some pops of color they don't need to be you know really detailed pictures um and using books that are sort of board books fabric books some of them have got you know crinkly pages and furry love those ones, you know yes. touch and feel kind of books they love those they also can't um damage them as easily so they'll last a lot longer and as Mm -hmm. they get older you can let them play with them as as they are a toy Uh, and we just want them to think that toys are fun because uh, sorry books are fun because books are so important later in life when they head off to kindergarten and school Um, so it's sort of setting them up for that positive um, thought about books yep and then moving on to lightweight rattles and you know, there's some really great little toys that you can even Velcro onto their ankle or their or their um, wrist and so they can shake a rattle before they can really grasp it. By 12 weeks, most babies can grasp a lightweight rattle and shake it and they will sometimes hit themselves in the head with it as well, so just keep an eye on them. Um, always with toys, we do want them to be supervised and really important that the toys are made for for babies. So there's toys on the market that are for zero to 36 months. And those toys have got less, less um, pieces, less small uh, pieces that they could possibly choke on. Mm-hmm. If there was any batteries in them or anything like that, they've usually got the screw closures and they're covered by safety standards that um, mean that they're safer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Now, plate gems as well. I wanted to ask your opinion on what you think of those. Of course, of course, the colourful hanging toys and mirrors and all those types of things as well. You mentioned them earlier on. What are your thoughts? I think they're fantastic. Um, again, you don't have to spend huge amounts of money, but just a play gym that hangs toys over your baby. And some of them you can even add your own toys to as well because there's lots of toys that, that come with, um, you know, the little hooks on them. Mm-hmm. Um, but babies love early on, they love just looking at them and you might push them and make them move so your baby can watch them. And as they get older, they'll actually hit them themselves and have quite a bit of fun doing that. Mm-hmm. And you list play mats on your list also, which obviously is something um, as we're practicing tummy time constantly, um, consistently every day um, is something, of course, that, um, but some of them also can have mirrors and different textures and crinkle fabrics and sections and those yeah. types of things as well. So obviously they're a great addition to any sort of toy, uh, toy box, would you say? Absolutely. And often the play gyms have got a play mat under them so they can do both. Yep. Mm. And you've got um, a list of some other bits and pieces as well, um, of course, that we don't necessarily have to go out and, and buy things around the house as well. You said socks with bells in them, um, lightweight teddy bears, dolls, um, and all those types of things as well. So we'll leave the rest of it for people to have a look at that in the article. You you do mention, obviously, reading is something that's very important also, um, that babies enjoy books, and it's, it's never too early to start reading to your baby. So can you maybe just expand on that for a little bit? Yeah, so if you were going to be reading to a or looking at a book, I'd probably call it with a newborn baby, um, you know, even just sitting them on your lap facing outwards with the book in front um, and you don't have to read all the words. If it's a book that has got lots of words, you can. Um, and if both you and the baby are happy, you can go ahead and do that. Um, but in many cases, just opening up the book um telling them about what you can see. If there's an animal there, you might make the noise that the animal makes and tell them about the lion that roars. And um, and then you might, you know, as you're turning the page, your baby's actually starting to learn how a book works, that it starts by looking at this page and then we move on to the next page and um, that, that books even have lots of different pages. Uh, you, you definitely don't need to read everything that's in there. And I've had quite a few parents say to me, but I don't really like reading and so I don't really want to read to my baby. You don't have to even read any of the words. Even if you just point to the pictures and tell them your own story, your baby will still think that that's really lovely time to spend together. Yeah. Um, it's it's a great activity to do before bedtime um, if you don't rev them up too much and it's just a, a soothing kind of thing to do. Mm. Um, if it's a very exciting book or a book that has singing or rhyme involved, then maybe it's not so good just before bed. Um, but it's a really lovely little sort of, um, I guess, activity you can add to your routine. Yep. And also what are the dangers of introducing screen time to babies and toddlers under two years of age? Because I'm completely making an assumption here, but if parents aren't maybe a big fan of reading, they they may just think, well, it might just be just as easy to put an iPad or a phone in front of a a baby um, and let that do the job for me, hypothetically. Not saying that that's happening, but I'm just, you know, making an assumption here. Um, I just wanted screens, to ask. Yeah. Screens really are um, 
they're everywhere. So realistically, we can't keep babies away from screens entirely. Mm. Um, the guidelines state that there's no benefit to babies and young children from screens under two years of age um, and, and that, in fact, they shouldn't be getting any screen time. And I just, I think, I, I agree that there's no benefit but realistically um, let's take the pressure off parents because there are screens everywhere you go in shops um, in your home some refrigerators have screens there's your, your phones um, the tv if you choose to watch tv then your baby is going to be exposed to screens sometimes yeah um, so I think it's really important to take that pressure off but I would encourage people not to have screens you know say their tv on all day um, so every time their baby plays in the lounge room, perhaps we don't want them being distracted and watching the screen rather than playing and using their body and having their tummy time and, and all of those things. Yep. Um, so the risk okay. of screen time really is that lack of floor play and lack of learning. Uh, and I guess the benefits of screen time, they have found one benefit um, for young babies and children is that um, with video calls with family or friends, there's that bonding sort of side of things. So mm -hmm. they're actually um, getting to know that person and it's the interaction between them that gives the benefit, not the screen itself. Mm -hmm. And the same thing can happen if you were watching a program on TV with your baby or, or with a young child and you were singing nursery rhymes and you were doing the actions and you were enjoying that time together. Again, the benefit has it's the, the television program has enhanced the way you're playing with the baby um, and that works really well. And, and of course, getting outdoors, I'd love to know your opinion on how and when and how much weather de dependent, of course, as well. But yes. um, yeah, <laughs> I just wanted to sort of touch on that for a moment. It's really important to get outside and um, breathing that fresh air in, getting a little bit of exercise, particularly for parents. Um, but babies love looking out from the pram and seeing what the world around them, and you can tell them about the world around them. A lot of prams early on face the parent, and as they get older, they can be turned around so that the baby's really open to seeing everything. You can show them cars and trees and animals and um, whatever's happening, an aeroplane flying over, showing them that. Being around trees and um, nature is really important. So for a young baby, you might put a, a blanket down or a mat down on the ground um, under a tree and they can watch that tree above them moving in the wind, watch the birds flying overhead. Um, you can show them flowers. Uh, there's lots of things you can do, but I think in modern life, it can be very easy to either be sort of inside or out to the car, into the car, and then out of the car and into an appointment or a shop. And some families don't spend much time outside. So like you said, weather permitting, if it's pouring <laughs> rain, it might not be the best time to do it. Um, although prams have got fantastic rain covers. And if you've got a good coat and things there's nothing wrong with that if your baby's nice and warm um if you're happy to do it go ahead mm -hmm. and lastly I mean how do you prevent your baby from becoming overstimulated of course if you're really eager to to have that interaction with your with your newborn as well um and 
obviously being overstimulated is is not good for the baby and its tiredness and and sleep patterns and all of those things. So I just wanted to touch on that lastly. If your baby's, um, I guess, looking out for tired signs and knowing when your baby's getting tired is really important and you will get to know how long your baby's happy to play for. When I was talking about, you know, a young newborn that, that, play really is that interaction and a bit of communication it might just be while you're changing their nappy that might be their playtime and then you know they've had a feed and then they they talk to you a little bit or you talk to them a little bit while they're on the change table and then they they might well need to be wrapped up and popped straight back to sleep um so it's it might just be quiet sort of play but if they're especially as they're getting older if you're revving them up and having a good play and you're singing songs and they're really alert and excited um, and they start showing you some tired signs it's time then to really change the play or the interaction you're having with them to a quieter sort of play and you might even look at reducing the lighting so put a lamp on or um, turn off bright lighting um, make sure screens are off because that can be quite confusing to them, to their little brain when they're getting sleepy and wanting to go to sleep. Mm -hmm. Um, And just really being guided by what they're telling you, I guess. It it is a tricky one because you want to play with them, but you don't need to overdo it. Yes. So this has been a great chat. If you, I guess, were to summarise your key messages now for anyone watching and listening, what would they be? Just have fun with your baby whenever you can. It again takes take the pressure off. There's no need to be um, really structured in your play or knowing exactly what to what to do. In many cases, parents really do just know what to do. Um, enjoy that time and use use toys and books and things like that to enhance that interaction you have with your baby. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if anyone's got any questions for you and would like to reach out, and of course, if they wanted to maybe grab a copy of your book, whereabouts can they find you? Uh, at belindajoyce.com. And my book is also available in the Kittypedia store. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks, Belinda. I've loved this chat today um, and uh, look forward to another chat in the not too distant future. Until then, as always, stay safe. Take care. Bye. Thank you. I'm Rachel Monteleone and you've been listening to Kiddiepedia, the podcast. You can have full access to Kiddiepedia by visiting our website at kiddiepedia.com.au or following us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and YouTube. We're all here to help make the world a better place for our children and for generations to come. You can start today by helping us reach other parents by going to Apple Podcast, subscribe, rate and review this podcast. Thank you for listening and be sure to give my love to the kids.